The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live in studio. Demi Lache is here. Kwame Lasseter is out. It is Friday. Fireball Friday, no fireball um, in hand, but it is another great traditional Friday. The weekend, Dermy Lache, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in on the show and join us at any time, any day of the week. It's Wednesday when we're out. Today is Friday. Happy happy uh, National Kissing Day. I don't know if that deserves a shout out or not. I think you're supposed to just do it. I think it's more of an action rather than just to talk about. So if you ever get a chance, um, take advantage of it. Enjoy the holiday, I guess, the national holiday aspect. Coming up today. Actually, you know what? What what news that jumped out to me today by waking up this morning, first thing I turned on, and honestly, it was definitely, of course, about the sports world, um, Dallas Cowboys. Of course, they're always headliners. They're always the number one deal to talk about when it comes to football and their biggest issue right now is the whole deal around their superstar wideout in Des Bryant. Des Bryant is ready to sign his new contract to make sure he's secured, make sure he signs that max deal to make sure, you know, it's a guaranteed contract. He has been sitting out, of course, that you all know of during these mini camps, during these OTAs, um, any team functioning activity, whether it's uh, working out, weight training, conditioning, Dez is not a part of it. Yesterday was the first day Dez arrived, and it was during their mini camp where a lot of veterans, you know, pretty much come together. Um, some, you know, some of the rookies, some of the younger guys who are definitely going to be a part of the championship run, the dream, they stick around and they all compete. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily, um, how can I say this, mandatory, but they do it anyway. It's um, the players take the responsibility. Hang out. So going back to Des, he did not practice yesterday, but he showed up. And he sat in his stands the whole practice. I don't – I didn't really get that. Um, Here's my point on it. I know you're not participating because you're sitting out because of contract talks, which you shall be paid, Des Bryant. I just don't understand the aspect if you're going to show up and just hang out in the stands. I mean, it, they showed, you know, parts um, throughout the practice where he was, um, you know, on the sideline talking with Jerry Jones, talking with Tony Romo, talking with playing catch with Cole Beasley. I mean, just being around the guys, which, you know, it shows that he wants to be a cowboy. He missed, you know, hanging around his boys. It's, it's great to see him, you know, out there speaking to his quarterback, speaking with Jerry Jones. So it's nothing harsh. You know, having Des Bryant with a smile out there on his face, 
you know, he could have a whole different aspect and a whole different look on his face, but he doesn't. He looked like he was really enjoying himself. He looked like he's not uh, taking it too personal that he hasn't signed this extension, hasn't signed this guaranteed contract. But the simple fact that you're hanging out in the stands and really don't even have helmet or jersey on, I mean, why not? Why? why what's the point of even showing up? You can actually call or text these guys. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in join in on the show. We do have Dougie B calling in, joining in now. Doug. Hey, what is going on, man? Man, this is just another Friday. It is, man. Sorry I couldn't make it in the studio. Standing by, possibly a new car deal going through, so I didn't know if they were calling in the morning, man. So I had to kind of call in and stand by and wait for that. But it's feeling good. Still Fireball Friday regardless, right? Always. At heart, at soul. Um, yes. Now, wait a minute. You getting a new car. Time out. What, what you looking uh, me at? Me and the wife are looking to trade both the cars in. Oh, nice. Nice. Give me yeah, something so nice. We're going to... You know, with with the 18 kids we have, um, <laughs> we're looking at training hers in for a, a, a Nissan Quest, which is like the minivan. Um, but they've really kind of changed the body style around. I like it. It looks like the back end, like that Ford Flex. So a little bit more of an SUV type look. And then looking at trading my uh, Expedition in for a, a newer Suburban. Um, just have this room for the kids, and I can't give up my SUV right now, man. So. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep some type but of No, it's good. We were up there last night trying to. Uh-oh. They're, uh, they're helping us out quite a bit with everything, so we'll see what happens today. But All right, man, that works. Sounds great. Hope it works out for you. It, it does. I think it needs my impro- approval at the end of the day, so I will be judging. <laughs> Um, especially when you're talking about <laughs> cargo van and stepping it up to the van level structure. I think I have some type of input. Um, well, and on the this. van's for the wife, though. Okay. So I'm still having some bourbon, man. I'm still, I'm still on the SUV side. If I ever catch you in the minivan, you will be judged. And it's all right, man. This day and age, <laughs> you got, we, with five kids, you have no other choice, man. I agree. Um, with you calling in at the time, man, the biggest story that jumped out to me this morning when I was waking up was the talks about Des Bryant, how, yeah. you know, he's sitting out of camp, this mini camp uh, that the Cowboys are going through. He's, you know, waiting to sign that new deal, that new extension, that guaranteed is what he's voicing, and that's what he wants. Um, he was on the sidelines yesterday. He went to the Cowboys facility. It was great to see him in the facility. He spent a lot of time in the stands. Why? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but he also spent some time on the sidelines, you know, discussing, talking with Tony Romo. They got pictures and video footage of that. Also speaking with Mr. Jerry Jones, who's going to sign that new contract, him playing catch with Cole Beasley. So obviously, um, you know, he's getting some type of little workout in. It shows that he still can catch the football. So now it's time to get this man paid and get him back into practices because it's very important. Right now is the time of day where you're, you know, you got to get that timing down. You have to build that relationship, you know, right now, build that hunger. You have the top three wide receiver on your team. Get, you know, get the uh, get the cobwebs off of him and, you know, uh, Tony Romo's offseason. You know, it's, it's, it's almost go time. It's, what, I think it's around like 80 days to kick off to week one. Uh, a couple more day, couple days short of actual like preseason games. Um, they got to find a way to get this done. 
they got to they got to make sure this this guy's on the field. Yeah, and, and you look at Des Bryant, and I think we all, all can agree out there that he deserves a long term contract. He deserves a pay. He showed you on the field what he can do. For him holding out, he's basically stating, "Hey, I believe my worth is more than just a franchise one year tag for thirteen million. I want that long term contract, and thirteen million for one year is a great deal. I mean, you can look at." That's quite a quite a big contract. He's not talking about the money. He's talking about the longevity. I want that longevity type contract, that four, five, six-year contract, mm-hmm. to show that I have some security built up. I have a long-term contract. I don't want to know what my future is going to be next year. So it's not about money per se, but more for the long-term effect. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of people I've been hearing talking about, uh, he just wants the money. He doesn't, you know, he just wants the money. That was the case. He would have taken that $13 million one-year contract and pressed on for the rest of the year. But that's not what the issue is. It's, I want that long-term contract. This is, you know, he's showing you he wants to stay there. He's going out to the practices. He's being around. He's not, sometimes you'll see those guys that hold out. You don't even know where they're at. They have no contact with you. At least he's coming to the facility. At least he's being around the teammates, which shows a lot of character, I think, on his part. Mm-hmm. He just wants that long-term contract by Jerry Jones. And I think Jerry needs to give him that long-term contract. If he wants to, you have a top three receiver on your roster. Keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones is worried about. He's never been worried about money in the past. So, you mm-hmm. know, but like I said, it's good to see Des Bryant out there. It's good to see him around the teammates laughing. It shows character on him. Um, I think that proves a little bit to, to the players on the outside that, hey, this guy, he's still around here. He's not one of those that just disappears. That's good. And it's just still building that, that team chemistry around. So, Jerry, get your paycheck out. Or get your checkbook out and pay Doug Bryant. Get him that long-term contract so you guys can go to work. Yeah, I agree. Great valid points. I mean, every standpoint, I do back it up. It's it's time for him, you know, to get secure. He's done everything that you thought of that you can get out of Des Bryant, out of the wide receiver position. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's leading the NFL in receiving touchdowns since the day he stepped on the field. I mean, he's changed the game for the Cowboys. Not only that, you you know, you go away with um, your franchise running back who just ran over 1,800 yards, who's been your running back for the past – you know, a couple of years, and yeah, he's been hurt, but you know, he's been productive. He's been the guy in the backfield. He's gone. Demarco Murray's gone now. So therefore, you you got a whole new tenured offense almost. I mean, yeah, you get your quarterback back. You have a solid offensive line. Uh, Jason Witten, I think he only has a couple years left before you know he's he's gonna you know throw in the towel uh, and retire. Des Bryant is he's still in his prime. He still has, you know, years to come. He just seen, what's my guy, uh, Larry Fitzgerald just just banked in, just just cashed out. You know, Arizona Cardinals made sure they're going to take care of him. All yeah. Des Bryant want to do is feel that security. He, he's done everything you exactly. you asked him to do. I mean, he's he's done more than that. He's been, you know, he's been keeping his name out of trouble because Derry Jones always tries to put that in there like, oh, yeah, but he's done this in the past. No, forget that. Skip that, you know. It's... It's a brand new, you know, this guy's a leader. Like you're saying, he's showing up to the, to the facility. 
what more, you know, what time, what more time are you going to waste? You know, is, is it them wasting time or is it them just really just structuring to make sure it's secured enough? Because honestly, I still don't believe um, Jerry Jones really wants to pay Des Bryant that way. But guess what? You're not going to find another Des, not anytime soon. Um, especially you're talking about a Super Bowl team and this guy is talking about sitting out games, which matter. Which week one you're going against the New York Giants in the NFC East, big one of the biggest rivals in the NFL. And you're talking about you know, yeah, that's basically saying, oh, Des, we 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 could care less, you know, sign the 13 million dollars, be happy, and we'll see what we can move on till after. This guy has done everything. He doesn't need to prove anything else on the field. Off the field, he doesn't, you know, he's he's been improving off the field as well. So what? You got this guy handlers and you know security, making sure he's doing right. If that's what it takes to win, of course you're going to do that. But guess what? Now it's, it's time head. to right. Now it's time to protect it even more. And make sure you have it, you know, for life. You know, this guy is a lifetime that that lifetime athlete for this organization right now. You have to secure it up. Yeah, and you can look at this Bryant being that Hall of Fame Pro Bowl receiver, and you've got that on your team. And like I said, it's kind of funny because you have Jerry Jones coming in telling, you know, Des Bryant, hey, we don't need you for the Giants. If you want to sit out, that's fine. But then you have Des come and say, hey, I'll sit out as long as, they, as long as I need to to get this contract. I don't care. Right. So you've got both sides kind of, you know, butting heads. It's going to be interesting to see, but ultimately Jerry's going to end up seeing what he needs to do. Um, but that's, you know, still still be seen, so we'll see. But, I think we all can agree that Des deserves a long-term contract and not just the one-year tender that's been slapped on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we can move on from the uh, to the other aspect of it to a whole another position to in a whole another organization, but still a winning organization is uh, the talks about my guy Russell Wilson, his contract being yep. up or his rookie contract coming up, and you know all these quarterbacks are getting guaranteed money. And Seattle has been feeling, you know, little rumors, little talks has been coming out that they've been feeling some type of way. Uh, and it, I think it starts in the organization where the culture is set up. I think it's a voice, you know, in the system. You got probably about 80, probably about 75% of the organization of the Seahawks are ready to pay Russell Wilson out, ready to, you know, this is our guy. He led us to the Super Bowl. He's the quarterback. Uh, we wanted him to have the MVP of the Super Bowl. You know, that's why we reluctant to throw the football rather than hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. And, you know, they they are, they have his back. They're ready to roll with this guy. And then I think it's another 25% that's in the organization that's talking and saying, you know what, take a few of those pieces, you know, away from that offense, and what do you have? Can Russell Wilson really, is he really that legit elite quarterback? Um, what is I mean, honestly, what what is Russell Wilson's worth in your aspect? Because I, I I got m- kind of my feeling of it. What's your what what do you think his worth is towards the uh, Seattle Seahawks? Oh man, you, you like, know, is he worth the big bucks or you know? I don't think he is at the big boy contract status yet. Does he deserve more than the one point five? Yes. By far, he's proven that he's going to be able to get out there. He's going to make the decisions. 
Well, yeah, that's because well, yeah, that has to do with him being drafted in that third round. So, right. Of so course, yeah, yeah. Draft- I mean, because you got yeah, guys. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he is at that. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Payne Manning type salary status yet. Because realistically, I want to see if I'm the owner and I'm going to pay you a quarterback salary, a top quarterback salary, I want to make sure this is longevity. Mm -hmm. We just hired some new guys. We've got, you know, a great tight end coming over. I'll pay you a little bit more because you deserve that. But show me a little bit more consistency and that longevity, and then we'll work out the contract. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree to that standpoint. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's not. Also, you have to look at this aspect as well. Most of got most of quarterback positions that get paid are those, you know, those pocket throwing quarterbacks. Russell Wilson doesn't stay in the pocket. He is more elite, lethal. When he is outside the pocket, which is which is great, which is phenomenal, which is why he's in the position he's in. But guys like that, they don't last for long. Um, no, Michael Vick's, you know, um, Warren Moon's, Randall Cunningham's. It's a great show. It's a great deal to pay those guys, you know, for what they're doing to see their pride and their athletic abilities. How they can get receivers open by just you know making a side step or two. That's awesome. That's great for that team. In that deal, but longevity. I mean, you got to you got to sit in that pocket. Can you trust? I think it's coming down to you know, is Seattle going to trust this guy? You know, over time to really adjust to sit in that pocket. I'm not sure. I don't think they have the receiving core for Russell Wilson to even sit in the pocket. So with him scrambling and you know doing rollouts and you know throwing the ball on the run on set plays, that makes sense. You know. Um, yeah, but. You know, you add about the receiver core. Look who they added though this in the off season at tight end position. I mean, that just added a huge boost for them to throw to. That yeah, that that yeah, I agree. That's a huge weapon. I mean, we got a couple. You know what? We're gonna talk about this more after the break. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
This is Jerome Buda Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lassa's Sports Talk with Dan Marie Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Demi Lachey is here in studio. Dougie B here is on the line. 888-346-9144. It is Friday. Fireball Friday at that. At heart. Also, um, happy National Kissing Day. Like I said, I think that's more of an action. Yeah, I know. You know me. I'll be finding these weird facts on a daily basis. But it's National Kissing Day, Doug. Go find someone. Damn. Who? <laughs> oh, actually, no. You don't need to be doing too much. Uh-uh. You don't need to be doing too too much kissing. No, but uh, before the break, you were discussing, you know, NFL contracts, these talks. I mean, these are the NFL news that's jumping out. Uh, it's time to get some of these guys paid, and maybe, you know, hopefully some guys don't get overpaid. One guy in a huge discussion that we was talking about before break, Russell Wilson, you know, is he really worth that guaranteed, you know, thick starting NFL quarterback, superstar level uh, quarterback contract. And, you know, he has a proven resume, you know, being drafted, I think it was, what, third round, rookie contract coming up. Uh, he's been very successful, been two Super Bowls, winning organization, uh, strong defense, strong leader, uh, does great in the community. You know, uh, you can market him. He's done everything, you know, he's supposed to do. Um, now it's time to see, you know, for his ultimate job is playing quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Is, you know, is he going to get that, that max deal? Is it time for him to get it now? Um, my feeling of it, uh, I'm going to just keep it brief. He's very successful at what he does, but... Take away a few of those pieces. Actually, just take away one piece in that Marshawn Lynch, that guy they call Beast Mode. Take him away from that offense. Um, he's the biggest worth, you know, that he's worth the most for the Seattle Seahawks, period. Um, he makes that team go. He's the biggest difference between them winning six to seven games to, you know, how they win 10, 11, 12 games. He's the reason, you know, they win, they have success in the playoffs besides that defense. Um. Does he deserve you know, the highest guarantee? That. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to ask you, with Russell Wilson, is he the elite quarterback, or is he more the success coming from the system of that team? Oh, it's definitely, um, you know what? It, it's both ways because the system, you know, the system is set up Part particularly, you know, it's a run run first system. Um, and like I said, it, it gives the option of um, Russell Wilson getting outside the pocket, uh, you know, making plays either downfield or you know making plays himself. So, but and at the same time, he has made those plays. But if you look at you know the the whole picture of the team, I mean, watching game in and game out, that team averages about. 60 yards at the most that they'll have to drive down the field. I mean, they're, they're not that traditional. You don't see them going on 80, you know, 80-plus, 90-plus uh, yard drives, ending it with a touchdown. 
you don't see that too much with Seattle because how strong that defense is and how they can change the field and put the field advantage in their hands. That's what I see Seattle doing, and that's why I see Russell Wilson excel at times. I mean, it you can look phenomenal, you know, going 50, 40, 60-yard drives. I mean, any quarterback would thrive on that, uh, any quarterback with skill, with talent, because I can't, I can't throw Johnny Menzel in there just yet. Um, but You're not going to be able to throw Johnny nah, Menzel in nah, there. Nah, not yet, not yet. But – so I can't say any quarterback. Um, but right now, I mean, that that system, the way the offense is set up, it's structured for, you know, 60, 40, 50-yard drive plays. You know, it's structured off that defense, off the defense making huge stops, turnovers, being aggressive. You know, that's pretty much how that offense works. It reflects off that. Now they got a big talent in, in Jimmy Graham. So you can, you know, take a couple more shots. That play-action you know, their play action pass or their you know, the 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 draws now. Like it's gonna work. It's gonna be even better because of Jimmy Graham. He can hit that seam up the middle and just dominate the middle of the field. So you have to look out for that. Um so is it really the system? I'll I'll, I'll give you know, I'll give Russell Wilson his talent where credit is due. He's very talented. I mean obviously that game where he had against uh Arizona Cardinals out here, was it that Monday night game? Um, the second time they played each other? Or, no, it was the first time when the game was out here in Arizona in Glendale. I mean, he put on a show. And it was all right. his. You saw every piece of skill in Russell Wilson's game. He had the accuracy on his passes. He had the footwork. Um, he, he had the open field runs. He had the play action down pack. He, you know, he was aggressive. It was It was a great on display of every skill point that Russell Wilson brings, which was amazing to watch. But at the same time, um, his, yeah, so his skill is definitely picked up, I think, a little bit more over the system. That's my opinion. Yeah, you know, I look at Russell Wilson, and I compare him. He's a little bit more of, a, of an athletic Tony Romo. And the reason I say that is because if you take last season and Tony Romo in general, you took that running game away from Tony Romo, he struggled. He made bad decisions. He turned the ball over, threw the interceptions. DeMarco Murray really helped that team and that Cowboy team win the games they won. Yeah, of course. So I look at that with Russell Wilson. That's why I was saying, is it really more Russell Wilson or kind of the the system they're in? Because you have that Marshawn Lynch. You have that just explosiveness in the middle running the ball. Mm-hmm. You take a lot of pressure off Russell Wilson. So in that aspect, when he needs to throw the ball, he feels more relaxed. He doesn't have the pressure to have to actually make the plays. And that's what I want to see out of Russell Wilson. If you don't have beast mode running the ball, if you have to put the game more in your hands, how are you going to respond? How are you going to act? Are you going to be able to make those throws? Are you going to be able to be that elite quarterback? Or are you going to be the quarterback that just kind of is able to do the things he needs to do, run out of the pocket, make the pass here and there, but put the majority of the game on the run game and that defense. Right. That's what I want to see. That's what's going to make Russell Wilson that elite quarterback. Because right. you see the Aaron Rodgers out there. You see the Payne Man. They're able to take that game and play that whole game on their shoulder and make the throws, make the touchdowns, do what they need to do to win that game. And I really haven't seen that with Russell Wilson just for the fact of because you have beast mode. 
So it's not taking anything away from Russell Wilson. He's very athletic. He's a great, he, he's a good quarterback. He's made some throws, but he hasn't had to really do that for a whole game to make sure that they win that game. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what I want to see out of Russell Wilson to pay him the big contract that the elite quarterbacks are getting. Okay, yeah, eight 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 three four six nine one four four is the number to call in on the show. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree to that standpoint. I think Seattle needs to break down of you know who has the same similar system. Who what quarterback is playing great football? Who relies on the defense a lot? Where the defense stands out, kind of like a Carolina. Um, you know, with Cam Newton, see how the way he's getting paid. You know, see what he went through. You know, you got to reflect on, you know, these guys with a strong defense first and then, you know, how their quarterback play is. So I think, you know, you keep an eye on Carolina. You keep an eye on um, Arizona uh, with Carson Palmer. You know, if you could trust Russell Wilson in that system without a running back, then that's when you pay that man that contract. Because right now, who's waiting for – you know, Russell to sign on this dotted line, it's Indianapolis. Because they they have, in my opinion, I mean, they have that next superstar quarterback, that pocket passer. I mean, he can he's very athletic as well, and, and Andrew Luck. Yeah. But Indianapolis is waiting to see what Seattle's going to do. Because talk about leading a franchise or an offensive standpoint, yeah, he put his team in tough situations. What do you expect from a third-year quarterback? He has so much, so, you know, he has a lot on his shoulders. When it comes to wins, wins and losses, he wins them games and he puts them in his position to lose them games. But guess what? He has way more wins than he has losses. So I'm taking those chances as well. But at the same time, because they're both athletic quarterbacks, they both came in the same draft, you know, uh, draft class. They're going to see which, you know, they're going to reflect off of what how Seattle's going to treat this Russell Wilson deal. So we'll see. Um, I mean, moving on a little bit, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. Uh, another top subject, man. You know, I'll just be flicking through channels just trying to see what catches my eye, what catches my mind. And we can't talk uh we can't forget about the open today though too. Oh yeah. Oh shout out wait, shout out to the uh NHL the Blackhawks uh parade. It was phenomenal. I mean I seen it on a lot of T V channels, seen it on my Snapchat, the little story, seen a lot of Instagram, Twitter pictures. I mean, they went all out, Doug. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but like they had the whole parade. Uh, going down Lakeshore Boulevard, and then they had it leading up into Soldier Field. Oh, wow. They sold, I mean, it was every seat was packed in Soldier Field. Like, it was it was phenomenal. It was like almost seeing a Jay Cutler going away party. It was that packed. Like, I was surprised. Wow. I'm like, wow, for the game of NHL. And those Blackhawk fans, you know, they – they have a lot of support for their organization, but for an NHL organization to go through a whole parade, um, I mean, they shut down the city and had them have the parade to have them, you know, fill up all the seats in Soldier Field, an NFL, you know, stadium. That's a lot of support. That's big time. The Bears can barely fill up their stadium. Exactly. Unless Jay Cutler, like I said, unless he's having a going away party, that's the only time <laughs> you'll see that stadium lit up um but it was i mean no the bears the city of chicago shows a lot of support for their teams but 
for a Blackhawks team, like I, I, I don't know if I could say the same about, of course, what the Coyotes is going through right now. I don't even, oh, you know, okay. if they had a a very successful season, I don't see, you know, uh, Glendale filling up. I don't see Phoenix University of Phoenix Stadium filling up the way I seen Soldier Field did. I mean, it was amazing. It it was awesome to see. Um, shout out to Chicago Blackhawks, their organization, their marketing. They did a phenomenal job. <laughs> it was it was awesome to see. Um, but yeah, you talked about the U.S. Open. Tiger Woods falling straight flat on his face once again. Um, <laughs> jo- Jordan Spieth actually came to play um, from he day one. Tied up the fourth. Yeah, he, he he came he came to play. But uh, yeah, I mean you can speak up on it. I, you know, Tiger falling straight on his face. It's embarrassing. It's starting to get embarrassing right now. Um, I don't know what he's playing for, or you know, it, it's not it's not a good look right now. Yeah, you know, Tiger's been kind of up and down lately. Oh, he's been down, down. You know, he'll come out, he'll come out strong. You kind of have that. Oh my gosh, the Tiger's back now, and then just something happens, and the next tournament comes, and he just goes off the planet. It just it's sad to see, man. And you know, we look at it because a lot of us. You know, I mean, Tiger is is definitely a veteran in in the world of golf now. Um, should probably in a couple of years he can go for the senior tour, but it's just one of those things. There's so many distractions throughout the career. I think it just led him up to really just losing sight of his game, and just has gotten him off of his game, and he hasn't been able to get out there right and really play like he's been able to play. So much stuff is talked about because now. I mean, you had the wife issue. You had all that stuff going on. But now there's a pressure to perform. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but if if anybody's played golf, they know when you get out there, to really have a great game, you have to feel relaxed. You you really can't think about your swing because if you start thinking about your swing, that's when you screw it up. All those factors are coming into them, I think, every turn of it because – the eyes are on him, and I think we talked about this on the show the other day. They're not really talking about the Jordan Speed. They're not really talking about, you know, Ernie Els or any of these guys right now. All the talk is still on Tiger. So there's so much pressure on him to go out to these, and people are wanting him to be the Tiger of old. That's what they're wanting to see. And when he goes out and he has a bad game, or even just a bad first round, mm-hmm. Now the talks start coming up. Well, look at Tiger again. He's not back to where he is. What's going on? Mm-hmm. So now round two, round three, that's all playing into his mind. The pressure's on, so he's trying to force a lot of the shots. He's it just it's it's like a down road or down road a spiral just going downhill. Yeah. And unfortunately, man, I don't think he's going to be able to get out of that pressure and out of the limelight to be able to really transform that game unless. He takes a year or two completely off, no tournaments, nothing, just goes out, just goes out and plays, relaxes and comes back. Yeah, but I mean, he's tried. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I just feel like he's he's been doing that for the past couple of years where he'll take, you know, a, a bunch of time off. And I think right now he's just trying to, you know, forget it. I'm going to just keep playing through it, playing through it. It's going to strike one of these days. Which, I mean, I'm, I can't speak for Tiger Woods. I mean, he is Tiger Woods. He he is Mr. Sunday, you know. Uh, I can't really speak for him, but I can kind of put myself in his shoes. And I'm thinking, you know, 
he's at that time where he's just like, you know what, I'm just keep playing it through. I don't care how bad I play. One of these days, you know, I'm going to get it back. And, you know, that it's not a great deal to uh, take it on that way, which, you know, but I, I've seen him, you know, take this time off where he took a whole year off, where he took a couple months, didn't play in, you know, tournaments. I've seen him do that. And that didn't help at all. You know, I, I don't think he has to necessarily well, reflect about, back on that. I'm talking about a whole one or two years. I'm not talking about oh, just wow. a couple tournaments here and there. Uh-huh. Just get away from any tournaments, take the time away, go out there, work on your game, play on the courses, you know, just get everything back into the flow things. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you take yourself away from the whole game of golf. No tournament, not even a small tournament. I'm saying the only time you go out and play is with your swing coach and you're going to a course, just you and him, and you're running through the course. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything except that. Um, so that's one of the things I think he really needs to do if he wants to come back. If he tries to take a, little, a couple tournaments off and then come back, there's just too too little of a time gap in between them where people are still going to be talking. If he takes that one or two years off, mm-hmm. now you shift any, any PGA talk to the Jordan, you know, speed to the Warriors, they start game with limelight, which they deserve because they're, you know, they're, they're for the most part balling out, but get all the limelight off of tiger. Now, one or two years, you kind of forget about all that stuff. When you come back, there's going to be the talk of, Oh my gosh, tiger's back now, but you've had that solid one to two years off where you've been able to do nothing, just strictly work on your game. You get your head right. Now you can get out there. Now you can perform and you don't really care about what's going on. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be, you know, one of the best I can I, I mean, yeah, it sounds like a, a really well suggestion, but I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't believe it. Um, but the way he's doing it now, by just trying to play through it, it's not working as well. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, we actually got to take a quick break. I think Doug got cut off the lines here, but we're going to take another break. Coming up in our last segment, uh, we want to touch up on today, definitely, on um, this guy, LeBron James, and his legacy. You know, where he where does he go on from now? Um, Kwame Laster Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We are broadcasting from the Phoenix studios at voiceamerica.com. Variety Channel, Going Global with Gas Man is the show that you are listening to. And joining me today is Sean Morley from the WWE, otherwise known as Val Venus, the big Val Boski. Hello, ladies. <laughs> and he's also got a third identification as well. He Absolutely. is Captain Cannabis. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the voiceamerica.com Variety Channel. Going global with gas, man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? Hi, this is Jake the Snake Plumber. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. They're legit. Hi, this is Larry Sinners. You're on Sports Talk, Kwame Lasseter with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. These guys know sports. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back into the last segment. Today's show, Fireball Friday. Jimmy Lachey's here in the studio. Dougie B. Dougie B here on the line as well. Coming up in our last segment, man. Um, man, it's, you know, it's it's another year completed in the NBA. Another year LeBron James gets judged and talked about and uh, I guess uh, puts a little more dim in his legacy. Um, and, and right now, he's being judged off the aspect of him not being a good, I don't know, teammate, player. I don't know where you put, um, you know, this in perspective. He's just not, you know, a. The, people are saying he's ruining his image um, because the, the aspects, how the way he treated head coach David Blatt for the Cleveland Cavaliers um, you know, it's being talked about, and it, and it's going to have a lot of reflection on this guy's future. You know, if he comes back, signs back with the Cavaliers, you know, he's going to opt out. He's going to look around for that max deal. Hopefully, Cleveland brings it his way. But he, I think, he also is going to have a huge voice, huge opinion on the head coaching position. I mean, LeBron James, since you know. Season ended, hasn't said word about anything yet, which, you know, that's just how LeBron do things. He's not going to tell you. He's going to leave it up to the Cleveland organization to figure it out. He's going to leave it up to the media to start speculation and rumors until he finally says something, which is probably not going to be about a month or two from now. But, you know, something important, something, you know, well is going to be said um, throughout his actions as well. But at the same time, we're talking about, you know, this man, he's building his legacy right now. To be judged, you know, right now, the, the biggest talk about is how he, the way he treated David Blatt all season throughout the playoffs, throwing him under the bus saying, you know, he stepped in the huddle and said, scratch that against the Chicago Bulls and, you know, give me the ball in the game-winning shot, in which, you know, it went well. But he, he definitely didn't have to say those things to throw Coach Blatt under the bus like that. I don't think LeBron James has ever disrespected a head coach in the NBA in high school, you know, the way he did Blatt this whole season. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, they got to take a look at that. They got to take a step back, the organization, to make sure, you know, both sides are well. Because the GM has came out and said, you know, David Blatt's not going anywhere, you know, end quote. Um, I, I don't I don't think Coach Blatt is going to go anywhere. He, he was a rookie coach. He made a lot of mistakes. LeBron probably has a little more NBA touch than David Blatt does so he might see the game at a different 
aspect than Blatt does, obviously, as a player and a coach. Uh, with Coach Blatt, you know, he, he does know basketball at the end of the day. He, he knows basketball. He's won numerous championships. He's been very successful. But, you know, the, the people are saying LeBron is pr- kind of tarnishing, you know, this image. Because, you know, LeBron, he, he, he wants to be that good guy. He, he, he's, he's, he's like a smart Dwight Howard. Um, you know, he, he wants to be the good guy. He wants to make sure everyone's happy and, you know, everyone is improving. Everyone can, you know, coach within themselves, motivating, whatever it takes. You know, LeBron is that aspect athlete. That's his image. Do you feel like his image towards his legacy is, you know, is this holding him, him back right now, Doug? Because I of the coaching? I think it's really holding him back. Um, wasn't part of him to come out and, you know, say what he did in the huddle and, Everything with the scratch, I give me the ball. But at the same time, you know, LeBron, he's a veteran in the league, but he's still, he's still young. So he's still going to make some mistakes. He's going to say some things that hindsight shouldn't have said. But I think him and Dave Blatt need, they need to work on that relationship. And I think a lot of it throughout the year was LeBron just trying to help Dave Blatt because LeBron feels it's his team. He's been there before. He grew up in Akron. This is my town. This is my team. I want to bring his championship to the city. So he's got that mindset. And then, of course, Dave Platt being a rookie um, NBA coach, obviously LeBron, I think, is part of that is helping him out along the way, trying to kind of multiply. Because I think LeBron understands that Platt's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. The organization's keeping him there. So they've got to be able to work together. So if you're LeBron James, why not try to help that head coach out throughout this first year? Mm-hmm. Try to get him acclimated to the NBA of the do's and the don'ts. Because NBA Europe, um, you know, two different two different type ball games. Um, basketball in general is the same, but I think we all can agree there's different aspects and different ways you handle your team if you're in the NBA or if you're playing overseas in Europe. So. I see, I see that happening a lot with LeBron just helping, helping the coach out, but there's also some things that are probably hidden inside the locker room that we're not privy to as well. Mm-hmm. For the organization, I think though they need to they need to keep both players. LeBron has that team pretty much where I mean they were in the NBA Finals. If it wasn't for a couple key injuries, I think we would be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers being the NBA champions. So they're there. They have the team. They need to add a little bit more depth, though. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing I think that killed them was those two injuries. They didn't really have any other depth to help fill that role and help LeBron out in the end. Where if you look at Golden State, they had just a plethora of talent on that bench. Mm-hmm. They were able to step in. They were able to put their starters onto the bench, and those bench players came in and kept that momentum going. You really have that with Cavaliers. People talk about Dela Vidova. Yeah, that was one game. Has he really done that throughout the whole year? No. And as it was, you know, I had a lot of friends and uh, family there, you know, Cleveland fans, that are starting to hype up Delhi. And I said, listen, <laughs> this is a fluke game. Watch. He has never done this consistently through the year. He's not going to be able to do this every game. And sure enough, the next couple games, you know, kind of useless. He had a great heart, don't get me wrong. You know, I'd love to have that on the team, but you're not going to have that 20-plus point game out of Della Vidova every single game. So, with his legacy, he's come back from that first year 
after Miami, and he took that team to the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He's that... going to have the legacy still, especially if he stays. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's going to be the biggest thing for LeBron to keep that legacy going and to really mold it is to stay with Cleveland, work with David Blatt, and get Cleveland a championship. Mm-hmm. It's and just... you will have the ultimate legacy. Right. And it's just those awkward moments, you know, throughout the huddles, throughout the timeouts. Um, you know, you see LeBron James make a face or not even, you know, tuned in. Looks like he's tuned out. Looks like he's coaching the players. The players are tuning in more into LeBron than they are Coach Black. And Coach Black is just standing there with just an awkward structure, just an awkward face. And, I, I mean, that's not fair towards David Black. Uh, honestly, even how the playoffs turned out. Like you said, Della Vadova or Delhi had to step up. And, you know, be that guy, um, you know, coming in for the Kyrie Irving position. He had to, you know, be relevant. Um, let alone Kevin Love, you know, he had his injuries. I mean, you know, their top guys, you know, went down. They had to rely on, you know, LeBron and, I don't know, the Brady Bunch, everyone else. Uh, yeah. But Coach Black, you know, he did all he could. As a head coach, I think he did a phenomenal job, you know, as a rookie head coach. To, towards the NBA, not just uh, Coach LeBron, but that's an aspect of as well that you got to look at. I mean, this guy is coaching LeBron James. That's not hard to do. Oh, that's that's very hard to do. Excuse me. That's not right. easy. You know, it's it's not easy to, to to coach superstars like a Kobe Bryant, like a LeBron, like a Jordan. And it takes certain guys to do it. And then for them to be so successful after year one, at the end of the day, this is the first year they've ever put this whole deal together. Now you know. You've seen, you know, the actions. You've seen the attitudes. seen the characteristics. Now this team know each other. This team is going to be very successful next season if they can get all the pieces back together. Yep. At the same well, time. Like J.R. Smith, he had to step up consistently. That was, he yeah, he's, but he's not, there. yeah, he's not that. He, he just faded in the finals. Yeah, he, he's not that number two guy anymore. It, not not in Cleveland. I mean, Kyrie Irving is the guarantee, you know, one, one maybe two, or two, maybe one. Kevin Love, you know, that two, maybe three. You know, you got your star players. J.R. Swift was not asked to come to the Cavaliers to be, you know, guy number two. It just turned out yeah. that way. He could have stepped up, you know, balled, balled lights out, but he didn't. And honestly, I wasn't expecting him to. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think no. any of us were. Besides game two where he balled out against the uh, the Warriors in game two on the road at, at Oracle Arena. That was great to see. You know, okay, it, it looked like, okay, someone else has a little bit of heart, you know, besides LeBron James. But that wasn't going to last. Uh, Della Vadova, guys like him, as guys that you really need on your team. But, you know, that's not going to last. Definitely not going against the MVP, Steph Curry. I mean, night in and night out. No. Are you kidding me? No. This is not even yeah. a choice. And Curry, devote, I mean, he, he's going to be your 8 to 10 minute, you know, player. You come in and give him a break. Give him a little bit of spark because he has a heart zone and he has a heart. Right. You know, and he's going to get in there. He's going to scrap for those loose balls. But he's ultimately your, you know, 8 mm-hmm. to 10 minute type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, as watching the finals, I started – you know, talking to the family, I said, here it goes, LeBron's trying to do too much, mm-hmm. and they're going to lose the game. But then I started looking at when he was passing to the other guys, and their shots weren't falling. I, I couldn't blame LeBron at that point. I said, if your teammate's not helping you, 
Yeah, you've got to do something. You know, you have to take try to take over the game. And fortunately, he just that one man was too much for Golden State. You know, to try to try to take over the game. So, yeah, I feel bad for LeBron because he tried to get the teammates involved, and he had no help from them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a it was a bad situation. And fortunately, Golden State just had too much talent. You right. know, they had too much depth to to bring out. Absolutely, so, absolutely, but, and. Yeah, hopefully everything stays with uh, Cleveland. They pick up some depth, and uh, they're definitely going to make a run for the for the finals again next year. Because mm-hmm. right now, I think they have as many as like ten free agents right now. Coach yeah. Black is put in a, like you said, in a weird position right now. It's it's not really it's not really safe because he can he can get a whole new team next season. You know. Yeah. It, Ten guys. I mean, I, I believe that's a whole new team because you, that's your starting five plus your next five. Um, yeah, and then maybe one or two pieces that can step up. But like you said, that that pressure standpoint, you hit that key point, and you talked about you know Dave Black was under a lot of pressure under year one. That's that's just what it is when you're anywhere close to LeBron James on the on a uh, basketball court. The pressure steps up whether you're you know. The, one of his coworkers, one of his players, uh, coaching staff, towel boy, the pressure picks up. Every, the camera is always rolling. As a head coach, you know, you do you believe, I mean, we've got a couple minutes before the show in, do you believe, you know, that David Black could just be a one and done? Is it too much pressure for him to handle? No, not at all, because I think a smart, a smart move is going to be David Black reaching out to LeBron in the offseason, and those two... Because you got, if you're David Platt, you got to get that respect respect from LeBron. And that's how you're going to help and be successful as a coach with that superstar, you know, of that caliber. So you reach out to him. You guys meet throughout the offseason. Hey, what could we have done better? You know, what were we doing here? What were we doing here? And those two guys really need to come together because you know if you're coaching LeBron, he's going to be that leader of the team. So you need him there in your pocket. And if you want the respect of your other players, you need to have the respect of LeBron. So the best way to handle that is meet during the offseason and really talk about it, kind of have, you know, Black kind of show, put his guard down a little bit and say, hey, listen, this is year two. We had a great year, mm-hmm. but you know this team better than I do in this league. What could we have done different? What happened? And really sit down and talk between those two guys and come up with a game plan. And I think that's going to help build that, that chemistry between those two going to help that relationship a little bit better build. And the other players will see that throughout. And that's how Cleveland will be successful. That's how David Blatt will be successful in Cleveland because you're going to have LeBron now on your side. He's going to have the respect for you. You have the respect for him. That mutual respect will go far. The other players will see that. Mm-hmm. And they they will just be able to put together a great team and a great you know, game plan mm-hmm. and be able to execute it. So, um, but no, I mean, Dave Platt's not done it. It wasn't a stressful year at all for him. I mean, they you sure? the NBA championship. You sure it wasn't stressful? Well, not just stressful. I mean, I'm looking at it wasn't a losing season. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. He, he got to the NBA finals. It definitely wasn't. You, know, you could yeah. say, well, that was LeBron and stuff like that. But he's still the coach. I mean, look at the situation with Golden State between Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Mark Jackson realistically kind of built that team together, and mm-hmm. now Steve Kerr is getting the credit. Steve Kerr really didn't do a whole lot that season. So, mm-hmm. 
But with Blatt, I mean, he kind of was able to sit back and let LeBron and that team go and do their own thing, and they made the championship. So you're not going to fire a head coach that got your team to the championship, regardless if it was with LeBron or not. So the stress is always going to be there as a head coach. Right. But it wasn't like he was struggling, you know, it was a different type of stress, let's put it that way. Right. And uh, so I, I'm interested to see how they handle everything in the off season, and, you know, if they can, between LeBron and Dave Black, get that chemistry together and that kind of mutual respect, that team will come out strong and they'll make the finals again next year if they can get some of the help on the bench. I agree. I think only one name to look out for um, besides LeBron himself uh, is Mark Jackson. You know, if he even mentions a whisper of him wanting to come to Cleveland, I guarantee you Cleveland is not going to hesitate on that. But unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, We will be back here Monday in studio. Thank you, Dougie B, for calling in, spending some time. Uh, I know you got a. I know you're a busy man, busy schedule. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. I know I'll talk to you here soon. Uh, Demi Lachey, thank you, uh, thank you uh, Voice America Sports Talk, and uh, yeah, we out. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll see you Monday. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.